This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk. Greetings for Author Talk. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is Help Them Learn With Their Strengths, Case Studies of Students with Dyslexia. My, joining me from Arkansas is the author, M. Susan Grogan, Ph.D. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, Susan, you've been at this a while as far as education, and uh, tell me a little bit about this a very complex area of learning dyslexia. Uh, there are some very well-educated, successful actors, uh, writers who have that challenge, and yet they've been able to overcome that and uh, become what is considered very successful. Tell a little of your history and how this book got to be written. All right. Um I started off way back when the dinosaurs were on the earth uh, as a first and second grade teacher. Mm. And then uh, I got a couple of master's degrees and moved into uh, becoming a reading specialist. And uh, I tried to stay right on the cutting edge of what we knew at the time. And uh, I would have these students uh, that I would work with in a small group or one-on-one that I just couldn't get to move very forward. And I didn't know what the answer was. And I kept looking for the answers and, and nobody seemed to know them. So we just kept doing what we knew to do. Um, and then um, I worked for a while as a professional development provider for teachers doing workshops on how to teach reading and writing and spelling. And again, on the best that we knew. And um, then I became a professor at Harding University Uh, teaching graduate students the same kinds of things, how to be a good reading specialist. And about 2014, the school laws changed in Arkansas because of a parent group that lobbied the education committee, uh, a parent group of children with dyslexia who were not getting serviced in the school. So um, the laws changed. All of a sudden, we had to Uh, be able to screen all the children in kindergarten, first and second grade for dyslexia. And, um, and then we were to provide intervention and this was all news to a lot of us. And so um, we all buckled down and got uh, as much uh, brain research as we could. And um, including me, I had to write courses uh, to, improve our uh, reading specialist training to include dyslexia. Mm. And um, in the meantime, I'll, I'll stop in a minute. Oh, that's all right. In the meantime, um, I got additional training in it from people out of state who had more experience with dyslexic children and um, began doing uh, not only teaching the content, but also testing community students who um, or homeschooled, or uh, parents just couldn't get through the red tape fast enough at the public schools, and also college students. So I began doing the assessments that I'd been trained to do for dyslexia, 
and I just discovered all kinds of things. Uh, and yeah. so that's the birth of this book. It's, it, it's a, the it, things that I learned from all of those interviews. It's a fascinating book uh, from this perspective because I had mentioned in the uh, opening sequence of, about well-known people who might have dyslexia or and I didn't realize that you also had outlined some of these individuals in your book uh, you talk about some musicians with dyslexia some of us uh, we may be aware of some of them I think Ozzy Osbourne is a, an individual that has all kinds of challenges and and dyslexia is not something that uh, really surprised me but uh, Tony Bennett uh, Carly Simon um, a lot of a lot of well-known people, including Cher, have had this challenge in life. Um, how did they? I guess these individuals that I've just mentioned are older, and so the science or the approach to correcting or giving them hope has changed quite a bit. I've noticed in some of my readings about different colored lenses and so on. Is that something that's also included in in uh, mentioned in your book, and does it work? Uh, I probably briefly mentioned it. It works for a very small percentage of children, uh, but it's not necessarily a, a blanket dyslexia intervention. So every case is different, what you're describing. Uh, there are degrees yes. of dyslexia also, I'm, I'm presuming. Yes, from mild to moderate to profound. Uh, and it uh, is genetic. It's a, a family hand-me-down. It's random. Uh, you, you know, you have a parent that has it and maybe one of four children will have it and they maybe one or two of their children will have it. And so, and you can't really predict who will have it or who won't. It's just a difference in brain structure. Mm. What is the progress so far other than re-educating or educating the individual that uh, has that challenge? Is there anything in the science area that is unique or promising for the future? Yes, there are, there are uh, several things. One is uh, some of the brain research that we've, we have uh, gleaned have been uh, from fMRI study, functional magnetic resonance uh, imaging, where um, people are given a task to do while, you know, they're all hooked up to whatever measures uh, what's going on in your brain. And um, we have noticed from those studies that people uh, who have the average learning profile uh, pretty much do the reading and writing circuit all on the left side of their brain. But people with dyslexia have those parts underactivated, and they are processing print uh, more on the right side and kind of in the back side and uh, the right side of the brain, and it's just not very efficient. It ha they have to build the pathways over to our language centers on the left side of the brain, hmm. and that can happen uh, with good intervention, or especially early on, like in the early primary grades. It's fascinating. Also in your book, you've mentioned that Jay Leno is one of those individuals that had maybe that challenge uh, growing up. And, and also, of course, Henry Winkler, we knew at least or know from his books and from his interviews that he has been challenged with dyslexia at some level. Uh, how do 
how do they how do they cope with that? I mean, I, for, from my perspective, I have trouble memorizing, and I, it's not it's not a it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not a dyslexia thing. It's just I just I don't know. I panic and don't don't retain things as much as I I could. Uh, people like Jay Leno, though, who have to read uh, cards and have to read script off of a, a teleprompter. To me, that would be a very difficult thing to do and process. Yes. I'm not sure I can speak to how he does it, but um, because of the kind of heavy use of the right side of their brain right. um, in growing up and trying to process language and print and et cetera, they're also accessing those very creative parts that we know light up mm. on the right side of the brain. And it's not, you know, the whole left side, right side, you are this or you are that that's kind of old news and nobody really goes with that anymore. But there are definitely areas in the right side that are, um, are the ones that do light up when we're doing something athletic or creative. And some of the best musicians and artists and craftsmen and architects and surgeons even, um, have had dyslexia and somehow with, persistent education, you know, and the will, the drive to do what they want to do, uh, have somehow, you know, graduated from high school or not, and moved into careers that, that use all of that creative area. That's uh, and they're particularly strong in those areas. You've managed to pen 136 pages, uh, and from looking at your book and at the content, it seems it's not just academic in its approach. It's a little more conversational. Who was your target audience when you began this? Uh, mostly other teachers and parents of students with dyslexia. And what do you hope will happen when they read this? Uh, besides getting a better education, is there also some resources that pop up in uh, in your research and in your personal history? Uh, yes. Let me answer, I think, the first question first. Okay. Um, I already forgot what it was. What did you ask me? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think I have ADHD <laughs> in a in a double uh, bucketful. Uh, let's see. The question was the question was in in writing this, uh, you've you've targeted a certain audience. Is there resources also that will appear for them and uh, make this uh, a, not only a research book but also one for practical application? Well, I hope so. In the last part of the book, I've given suggestions. Um, this really wasn't, uh, here's how you can do curriculum and make it better for them. Right. It's not that kind of book. I probably should have written that and it would have been a much longer book, <laughs> but uh, maybe that'll be the next one. Um, what I hope to happen is that people who read it will value people with dyslexia much more than they have in the past. Yes. Uh, one of the problems with having dyslexia as a child is you start to realize that you know you're smart, but you can't keep up with your peers. Mm. Uh, they're all reading books, and you can't do it yet. And you begin to have this self-image uh, of, I must be dumb. There's something wrong with me. And if no one ever shows them any different, uh, they go through life feeling that. And so usually you'll see students who are successful later in high school, it's because they're into music or they're into drama or they're mm. into art or athletics and they're you know that gives them the success they need to to muddle through the courses that the, they're required to take 
But some are very, very intelligent. This has nothing to do with intelligence at all. Right. Um, and I know that there's one guy that walked on the moon who had dyslexia. Mm. The, there's a person in New York City who runs a uh, neurosurgery clinic who has dyslexia. And Amazing. he can see and think in 3D, which wow. is something Amazing. I can't do very well. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so if if people can understand that this is not a learning disability as much as it just is a difference in in brain uh our, our brains all look alike there's no difference when you look at the brains it's just that the way it's wired is different yes i may have more empty space than many um i uh, <laughs> i had to come to grips with my education pathways as well because i am a very over-the-top creative or ha- or used to be um i've settled down quite a bit i think it's age and uh, <laughs> tiredness but in today's society if i had been growing up today they would be ha- have me on meds and, and call me an adhd student but i had to come to grips with the fact that i just couldn't pay attention it was not interesting to me. So I tell people mm-hmm. that high school was the best 10 years of my life. It really wasn't 10 years, but that's what I keep telling <laughs> them. But this this book, 130-some pages, did it take a long time to uh, to accumulate the, the information you wanted to share, or did it just flow from your history and you wanted to get it out there in the public? Well, most of it, uh, especially the like the first half of it, just flowed from my experience, but the the interview, the information from the interviews took about three years to collect. Well, that's a, that's an extensive time. Of course, I've had some authors who have written fiction and it takes them 18 or 20 years. So uh, this being a practical (laughs) book, that's not a bad time frame. Have you, because you finished this and have completed this particular task, are you anticipating a follow-up book of any type? Yes. Uh, I've been asked to think about doing that, and I think uh, where I need to go is, so what can we do to help these children in school um, besides what we know right now? Right. A lot of uh, new things are coming on the horizon in the medical and the research areas, and hopefully it will help individuals uh, navigate these difficult times, especially as a young child, I, I can I can relate to not relate necessarily in the in the in the actual sense of the word, but relate to the idea of, of feeling inferior. Or a lot of teenagers, young adults have that challenge, and uh, with dyslexia, it it makes it even more complex. The book is titled again: Help them learn with their strengths. Case Studies of Students with Dyslexia. My guest author has been Dr. Susan Grogan. Where can we get copies of this, Doctor? Uh, I have a website. Um, Also, and I can give you the website in a minute, but they're also available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Fabulous. And the website is uh, www.helpthemlearnwiththeirstrengths.com. Excellent. Well, a wonderful book and very timely. I think it will help a lot of parents, grandparents, and individuals, young guys, young people that may be challenged. And because it's only a hundred and some pages uh, for someone with a short attention span like I have, this is a a book that will be easy for me to absorb the content and grow from it and also maybe pass along to someone that might be a family member or someone that we uh, are involved with that, that needs some some encouragement. So it's a, a wonderful book. Thank you, Dr. Grogan, for sharing time with me today and sharing your insight.
Absolutely. Thank you, Jay. My pleasure. Again, the title of the book, Help Them Learn With Their Strengths, Case Studies of Students with Dyslexia. Do a search online under the author's name or under the title of the book. Also, go to the website. You'll find a little bit more of the history of Dr. Grogan and uh, how she has uh, come to write this. And some of the content will also be found on Amazon. If you go there, there will be some paragraphs and maybe a page or two to give you an idea of her style of writing, which, again, is very approachable. Thanks again for sharing your story with us. Thank you. For Author Talk and Author House, this is Jay Douglas Barker.